Good morning. I am Tina Spangler with TLC Barrels and welcome to my podcast. Today is August 23rd of 2022 and this is Q&A 106 made especially for my Facebook virtual coaching group. I'd like to welcome three new members, Janessa in Florida, Tracy is a rejoin and congratulations on your baby girl, and then Emily from Minnesota. Welcome to all the new members. So, um, as we get started, I want to share a little story with you. I do think it's really important that everybody understands that they have gifts from God and um, that I think the Bible says quite in a few places that a man is as he thinketh. So what you feel in your heart about yourself is often what you are. So I think it is really important that you understand uh, who you are and, and understand that God gave you gifts. And, and that you should chase your goals and your dreams, no matter how hard it gets. Because if you just do a little bit every day to go after what your passion is, what you feel your purpose is, it, you will get there. You will be successful. Um, a perfect example for that of me, it hasn't always been an easy road. There's been a whole lot of ups and downs. Life is a lot like a roller coaster. And, um, and especially if you have big goals or big dreams. You know, I always wanted to train barrel horses for a living and and um and now my goals are, you know, putting God first and helping others and keeping my business strong and growing it, being debt free, being able to take care of my ranch and my horses and myself into retirement and um just having a peaceful happy life on my ranch and being able to help others with their horses horses have a stronger relationship and through through team building and meet their goals and chase their dreams um i think that everybody has a their own book and you write your own chapters and you have to make choices in life and some choices are good some not so good but that's how we learn it's just like barrel racing you're either winning or you're learning it's never just win, 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 and it's never just going to be lose, lose, lose. You're going to have ups and downs, and you just have to keep a really positive attitude. So just remember that um, this month of August, our uh, skill challenge is doing groundwork, making sure you're super solid on the ground with your horse, left, right, forward, back, you know, front end, back end, head left, right, and down, um, desensitized, all the tools you would use in the saddle, just, you know, having that really respectful, trusting, great communication of cues on the ground. Because how they are with you on the ground is often how they're going to be with you in the saddle. So make sure that connection is there um, and that bond, especially if you're coming back from break. You know, if you had summer vacation or had a baby or, you know, were busy with work or school or something, um, you know, just set a schedule, you know, that like this week's going to be groundwork, next week will be groundwork and saddle work. And speaking of saddle work, um, it's going to be face flexing is also the, the challenge for August. So if you're bored with groundwork, get on and do some face flexing left, right and down vertically and do that at a standstill when it's mastered there at a walk, trot and a lope in straight lines and circles. By having a horse that's really broken the face or soft in the face, it really allows you to connect to their mind connect to their body and be able to feel their hoof placement and be able to put your horse where you want. There's nothing worse than riding a horse that feels like a board uh, versus a horse that feels really soft and supple. So that's always something you should be striving for. Um, 
Let's see here. And just a couple reminders. Uh, we do have the personal best challenge going on for new members. All you got to do is tell me what your win was for the uh, for the month of August. We already have 20 names on the list, which is awesome. And it can be anything from taking your colt to their first exhibition or uh, mastering a loose rein woe on your horse. Um, you know, moving up a division from the 4D to the 3D, the 1D or the 2D to the 1D, whichever or mastering your first barrel, or leaving them all standing. Anything that you're proud of is a personal best, and we want to celebrate that with you. So once a month, I take all the names and draw one name, and you win a prize. So, and the prize is a variety of things, like a free month in the group, um, a TLC saddlecross, my books, a hat, you know, things like that. So um, you can also do an Amazon gift card, or towards Dynamite or doTERRA as well, things like that. So, um, Let's see here. It's a value of $15. But the goal is it's nothing huge, but it's to keep us excited about ourselves because those little goals that we meet turn into big goals. And then that's how our dreams come true. So always keep that in mind. And also this month of August uh, mental game uh, challenge is 1%. So every time you ride your horse or compete on your horse, just have one thing that you're going to focus on as your 1%. And just accomplish that, and that's a win. Because I think what we do is we get too bogged down with, you know, I need to do this, 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 and this. And then we get a little overwhelmed, our horse gets overwhelmed. So if you just focus on one goal at a time, it definitely simplifies it. And imagine if you improve 1% every week or every month, you know, and, and how you'll be at 100% much quicker that way. So it, it's easier to take a big giant goal and break it into pieces, especially when you're training horses or if you're learning new things for the rider as well. Um, don't forget in the group, you can go to the search box in the group and look up anything you want. You can look up drills, you can look up first barrel, rate, um, mental game, and everything we've ever talked about for two years will pop up in the search box for you. And um, you can read up on it. You can also go to the uh, TLC website and go to the members only page, type in your username and password, and everything is organized there for you by topic, the Q&As, the challenges, um, starting a colt under saddle, groundwork, um, how to pattern your horse, foundation, drills, dry work, rider cues, equipment, saddle, you know, reins, spurs, it talks about everything in there. So um, 150 videos worth looking at, so don't forget to use that resource as well. And then let's see here, um, I'm still working on videos. I've done about 30 and I've got like two or three more to do today. And I appreciate your patience. I had a wisdom tooth pulled last week. It should have been an easy process on Tuesday. I was a little sore Wednesday, Thursday, but then it started getting worse, not better. Turns out it was something like they call a dry socket. And let me tell you what, my face and my head felt like I was dying. Couldn't sleep. So I went back in yesterday and they packed it. Uh, with some sort of clove antiseptic and oh my gosh so much better immediately just having the gauze with the medicine inside the the um then in, in the uh, cavity i mean in the what do you call it the space so anyhow i feel better thank god so <laughs> nothing bothers me more than being in pain and not being able to get my beauty sleep so anyhow uh things are better so all right let's get into the questions for the day um Let's see here. Controlling my nerves. How do I control my nerves before competition is the question. 
um, you need to check in with yourself. First of all, see if you're a go or a no-go. If you're a go, you're going to be calm and confident and connected to your horse, and you're just focused on doing your job. And when I say focus on doing your job, not in your head, 50 things, but just I'm going to ride to my spots and be in the moment on my horse. You've practiced, you've prepared, you know what to do. They know what to do. Don't overthink it. Don't over, over stress about it. So um, the no-go is when you start doing the what ifs. What if we hit a barrel? What if we don't go in the alleyway? What if we go by the, you know, to the fence? The self-doubt creeps in, you know, what if I can't do as good as I did last week? What if you don't want to have any of those self-doubts creep in? You don't want to not trust your horse. Oh my God, my horse warmed up like a maniac. What are they going to do? Um, replace all of that stuff with a positive a thought. You know, as in, we've done this before. We're good at this. You know, we had a good practice, whatever. You know, if I do my job, my horse will do. Just replace any negative with a positive. And also do some deep breathing. Doing really slow breathing, counting to 10, in and out. I know it sounds simple and silly and everyone will tell you, meditate, center yourself, blah, blah, blah. But it works. You know, if, I've had my blood pressure go up one time at a doctor's office because my nurse was crying and then she, I asked her what was wrong. She told me and I started crying and then she took my blood pressure and the machine went off and the doctor came in and we're both sobbing and he's like, all right, that's it. Put new batteries in it. You two separate, start over. So I sniff lavender oil. I always keep lavender in my purse. I sniff lavender, count to 10. They took my blood pressure again. I took a lot of deep breaths and it was normal. <laughs> so that's how quickly you can stress yourself out. Um, you know, when you get scared or nervous, um, it's okay to get a little bit like nerves because that just means you're excited. You want to go out there and do well, but you don't want to turn those nerves into fear or panic. You just want them to be uh, adrenaline. Of, you know, I, I want to do well, but I need to stay calm and focused for my horse. So my horse will be, do their job. So, so that's important. Um, the other thing I want you to do is write your own personal one minute sprint. So I'll give you an example of one and start to do your one minute sprint anytime you're in the no-go zone and get yourself back in the go zone. So the one minute sprint can be something as simple as I do this because I love it. I love my horse. I'm thankful for this opportunity. We have practice and we're prepared. I know my horse. I trust them. We're a great team. Smooth is fast. I see my run in my head in this arena. I'm going to ride to my spots. This is going to be so much fun. I thank God. I'm grateful. I love my life. I love my horse. I will ride to my spots. And then you can fill in the blank with sit and say, whoa, or I'll ride two hands into the hole. I'll be in the moment. I am I am learning or I'm winning, but either way, it's a blessing to be with my horse and we're a great team. I'm praying today for a smooth, fast run and safe. Thank you. Amen. Just something like that. One minute sprint can get you back on the right track. So write down your own one minute sprint. Everybody's going to be an individual. What works for them? But that's something that, you know, I would tell myself if I was doing it, if I found myself getting get getting self-doubt or nervous. Um, let's see here. Change. Okay, so this question is about, you know, I, I feel like every time I get focused, something happens and life's always changing. I can't get to 
my goals. So um, you have to think about this, okay? You have to think of change as that's just how life is always going to be. But there's change that is useful, um, change like change that helps you get to the next level in barrel racing or, or change that helps you um, accomplish your dreams of maybe buying a ranch or moving up in your career. Um, there's change that's really good. Uh, there's change that can make your life better and more peaceful and happy. But then there's change that we never asked for, but we get it anyways. That's the bad change. That's where we have expenses come up we didn't expect or someone gets hurt or sick. Those kind of things. Um, we can't control change, but we can certainly control our mindset um, and handle it in a positive way. So we have to rationalize that, hey, life is not a merry-go-round. Life is a roller coaster, and it's always changing. I hear people say, I don't like change. Well, that's that's not a good attitude because, because if you say you don't like it, then you're just going to be not very happy with life because life is always changing. So rather than waking up and saying, I have to go to work, I have to go to school, I have to go feed the horses and clean the stalls, change your words to, I get to go to work, I get to go to school. You know, there's some places that wish they had those freedoms or wish they had a job or wish they could go to a public school or, you know, whatever, um, wish they had horses. That's a luxury. Pe people that have horses, they might be horse poor, but they're not poor. Because horses are a luxury item. You know, it costs a lot to have horses. So, so you know, I get to have a horse. I get to go to school work. You know, changing, changing your words really can change a lot. Um, like I said, there's those three kinds of changes. And some are useful, some are good, and some are bad. But we just have to have a, um, you know, our, our brain has to be able to put it into a positive way. And we have to rationalize how we will handle it. And that's just something I think um, you just have to say, okay, I'm still going to set my daily schedule. I'm still going to have my big goal for the year. And if it gets off track, I'll get back on track the next day. You know, and, and some people can dedicate seven days a week to riding horses. Some people can only dedicate two days a week to riding horses. It's going to take the person that can ride two days a week longer, but it can still be done. But bottom line, you have to remember why you do this. Do you do it because you love it? Do you do it because it's fun? And, and keep that as your main priority. So you can win and still have fun. I mean, obviously, funny, it's funny winning is more fun than losing. Um, but sometimes we have to lose in order to win and appreciate our wins more. So let's see here. Um, someone asked me some what would be things that would help me win more consistently. So I wrote down my top 10 things that I think will help you win consistently. Number one, practice. Make sure you practice every single week. If you can, at least four or five days minimum a week. If you think about sports, if your child or yourself were on a team of, you know, baseball or basketball, or volleyball, they're going to make you practice five days a week and have games on the weekend. So that's how the players get good. They're dedicated. If you look at Olympic level uh, riders or NFR level rodeo riders, they might spend eight hours a day to their um, trade because that's what they do for a living. It may not be all in the saddle, but it could be at the gym working out, conditioning their horses on the hot walker or the swimming pool, um, you know, doing extra care for them with, you know, 
beamers and magna waves and lasers and you know um you know some of it's going to be in the saddle some of it's going to be doing other things but they're going to always be working towards it maybe their nutrition their mental game all of that you you've got to have all four things to be successful in this you've got to have a tough mental game you've got to have skill you've got to have a positive attitude um and you really have to have heart you have to have a lot of try so practice is probably my number one thing the other thing is being prepared if packing your trailer having your tires checked having gas in the truck having your everything you need in the trailer your clothes picked out do that a day or two beforehand so that you're not like all panicky and you show up late. Um, get the address, GPS it the night before so you know what time you've got to leave or two days before. Know what time you got to leave. Give yourself plenty of time. Nobody ever does good. I can tell you the barrel races I've lost because I got there late and had to rush my warm up or I didn't pay attention to the events and they switched things up. And I wasn't ready when they called my name for barrels because they switched and put calf rope in after barrels instead of in front of it or something like that. So, you know, you've got to be prepared. That's very important. Um, so uh, that was actually uh, <laughs> number three was the GPS. I kind of didn't mention the numbers. So number two is packing your trailer. Number three is the GPS address. Number four is checking your truck tires, the water if you've got money, you know, cash, tack, all that stuff, that checklist, have your checklist, go over that. That's the top four. The fifth one is um, YouTube videos of the arena. If you've never been to this arena, YouTube them and see if you can see if, how that arena looks. And then you kind of have a game plan in your head of how you want to be there. Or just wait till you get there. And when you go in or up, really study where the timers are at, where the stakes for the barrels, the alleyway approach, look at the ground, things like that. Um, let's see. Number six, visualize before you run. So have your um, pre-race routine. You know, what time you enter, what time you saddle, what time you warm up, what time you tie your horse back up to settle, when you give them water, any pregame stuff, you know, that you might do, uh, calming herbs or your uh, nasal strips or, you know, whatever you do, your leg boots, rubber bands, have a routine for that. How many um, drags before you get on and head over to the arena? Um, you know, have a routine that gives you confidence and your horse, the more you treat your horse at home and the barrel race is the same, it's going to give your horse confidence too. So keep it consistent. Horses like consistency as well. So have the same warm up. Don't change things up. Do things the same that you would do it at home. That gives a horse confidence. Um, number seven, uh, you can lose the race by not being warmed up on time so be on time and i mentioned that already um number eight um so be on time when you get there be on time when you get over to the arena no one wants to come running from the trailers to make your run and you don't want to sit there so long that your horse gets so nervous they wash out if you find yourself getting on too early you can always get off and hand walk them until it's your time to go you know and then hop back on put your bands on and go so um that's always an option too so uh, number eight, track your progress. Um, I always talk about this. Um, I'm coming out with a new record keeper this summer. I'm almost done with it. And Blue Creek Photography made me a nice book cover. So I'll be printing it on Amazon. But for the writers in the group, I'll be happy to email it to you. If you don't want to buy it on Amazon, you can always print it out 
and keep it in a three ring binder. Um, but track your progress, journal about each barrel race and, um, and how things are going. So that way you'll know, you know, like, oh, uh oh, this run didn't go good. Uh oh, I changed my horse's bit. Or, you know, this run, you know, I did this or that, you know, and, and track your progress. It's important. Number nine, um, 1%. So 1% is important. It's our challenge for the group this month uh, for your skill and your mindset. If you would just focus on one thing at a time, when you go out to ride this week, I'm going to, or this ride, I'm going to work on my horse's, uh, getting my horse's shoulder, you know. Um, this week, I'm going to work on, uh, in, in my run, I'm going to work on, Riding in the hole on each barrel. Give them a horse room, get in the hole. Two hands all the way in the hole. You know, that can be your 1%. Uh, number 10, uh, do, doing a one-minute sprint and learning how to breathe or meditate um, that calms you. So those are my top 10 things that will help you consistently win. Um, so I hope that's helpful for you. The next question is, um, how, how do I train um, and, and compete. Um, is it, it, should it be the same or different? So this is the thing. A lot of times people compete one way and then they train it one way and it, and then the horse doesn't do as good. So, um, so are you, are you using whips and spurs in competition, but not in training? Um, you have to remember, you know, if you're wearing spurs in competition, but not in training, maybe you're overusing them and your horse is getting stiff and, and nervous. Um, maybe you're whipping too much. You know, maybe you're overriding in competition where you don't in practice. You know, maybe you're more relaxed and you soften your body in the turns more. So it is super important to um, encourage your horse, but not to punish your horse. You know, if, if you don't need to whip or spur, don't. Um, the only time you should use a whip is if they're not, if every once in a while you'll meet a horse that actually slows down if you drive them with their feet versus if you were to swish a whip alongside them. And a whip shouldn't be used pumped up on your adrenaline that actually, you know, like I hate stinger whips. Um, I'd rather use a, a pop, popper bat or an over and under or a quirk. They're not going to sting as much if your adrenaline goes up and you shouldn't be using them because your horse just laid down a good run and now you're going to uh, cause pain to their butt the whole run home. So you don't want the horse to have that memory as the last thing coming out of the arena. So if you can just swish and sink with your horse, some people just get up and ride two hands and smooch. Other people, um, you know, can just um, tap them on the shoulder. Other people can swish the whip alongside them without having to make contact. Just be in stride with your horse. So keep that in mind. Some people don't have to whip at all, but if you have a horse that maybe is going to shut down before the eye or gets a little scotchy going into a barrel and just needs that little bit extra fire, you've got to watch your video and say, hey, it did help or no, it didn't help and, and then decide if you want to keep it or not. So again, every horse is different. Um, I don't think you should ever butterfly kick where your legs are like doing the splits and you have no, your air in the saddle. I mean, you've got air, you're not nowhere near your saddle when you're kicking. I think any any movement is not good like that. You'll often see that in youth riders, and it won't be a problem when they weigh 80 pounds, but when they become adults or they're in college and they weigh more, they're taller, you can certainly get in your horse's way. You can kick the wind out of their lungs. Um, so you want to do little bumps to drive your horse and encourage your horse, but not kick the wind out of them. 
those are all things to consider too. If you are one that um, your spurs get a little out of control in competition, either take them off or wrap them with vet wrap or something so you don't overuse them. Um, so those are things to keep an eye on. Let's see here. Um, something else I want to comment on is um, there's only so many gumballs in the gumball machine before it runs out. And that applies to horses. Um, you're only going to get so many runs on your horse before they start getting sore or arthritis or break down. It's no difference than an athlete. Think about football players, basketball players. They all retire, you know, 30, 40 years old because the 20 year olds are kicking their butt. They're just healthier. We see it a lot in barrel racing, the four and five year olds that come out and they're on fire. And, um, and there's some super solid teenage horses out there, but they may be higher maintenance. They may need to go less often, um, in order to keep that competitive edge. So just remember, and they may just slow down from the 1D to the 2D or the 3D as they age, um, as well. So just keep that in mind. You know, you don't waste runs on your horses. Um, if you have to do a tune-up here or there, that's understandable. But just to make run after run every single week without it being something that's important or matters, keep that in mind. Number two, um, it, it, if you're in competing, um, these are just things I've been noticing and, and not just in the group, but other members of my team that come to lessons or clinics. Um, if you're competing and, um, and something goes bad one time, I would probably shake it off and go to the next one. But if it happens twice, you need to take a moment and say, okay, what's changed here? You know, do I need to have my horse checked by a vet? Um, did I change something, my bit, something? Um, am I not tuning my horse up? Am I making rider cube position errors? I need to figure it out because by the third time, you've got a habit. And the last thing you want to do is run a horse in pain because if you run a horse in pain, they will start to dread their job. It's no different than you. If someone made you go work on, a, on an injured body part, you're not going to be liking it too much. But a horse can't, can't explain that to you, so they just start acting out. So when a good horse starts misbehaving on a pattern, you have to understand that um, it's your job as their caretaker to figure out why. You know, is it rider cue? Is it positioning? Is it pain? And get it resolved, it, you know, and, and, and fix it. So um, number three, um, as I mentioned before, I think there are four things you need to have to succeed. Uh, skill, positive attitude, try, and also experience. So if you're just starting out, don't get frustrated. You know, I've been doing this since I was eight years old and full time since the early 90s where, you know, that's all I have done with my whole life for the last 30 years. So, I mean, it just takes time to get good at something. And, um, and you know, I have members in my group and also um, with my, my Team TLC that have been with me 10 years or longer. And, you know, I've watched them progress and, you know, and it's been fun to watch. So, but don't think it's just a one year to learn this or five years. It takes time and you're always going to be learning. I'm still learning. We always should be learning. There's always something that we can learn from every horse and every rider that we meet. Some things we want to use, some things we won't want to use, but you can always be learning and what might work with one horse doesn't work with another horse. I would say that my greatest teachers were horses. Um, 
But I also loved in the very beginning um, resources like reading books and um, clinics and lessons. Nowadays, there's the podcast and videos and you have all that to your, you know, technology gives us so much information now via YouTube and all the social internet. So, so anyways, there's so many ways to learn out there. Um, but if you're struggling, there's nothing better than one-on-one -on -one with a trainer or coach that you like the way they ride or their style, um, that you feel comfortable that that would suit you and your horse. It has to be a good fit, you know, and, and just like there's McDonald's or Burger King or, you know, a seafood restaurant or a steakhouse, everybody has their own taste of what works for them and their own individual needs. So, you know, pick what you think would work best for you and go with that. I say as long as you lay your head down on the pillow at night and feel good about your choices, then that's all that really matters. And that's between you and God. <coughs> Excuse me. So um, the last thing I'll mention here is um, I keep my prices really inexpensive. Um, my goal of keeping my prices inexpensive, um, whether it's with my coaching, my clinics, my lessons, it's because I don't, I want to be fair, but I also want to help people. But this is how I make a living. Um, sometimes I see people pay through the nose for an NFR name um, or because they've had a winning record. But not necessarily are they the best teachers because that's not something they've done forever. So I don't think you're always going to get... Um, you're not always going to get the best just because, you know, they charge more. I really do think it comes down to looking at um, their program and seeing, you know, is this a program I want to ride behind? Does this person ride all their horses in wire tie downs? Um, does this person, you know, have a, a harsh training methods that they use? Um, does this person do a whole lot of, you know, um, vet care and uh, with, you know, injections and none of their horses are with them for more than a year or two and they're on to the new horse. Um, you know, you have to decide, is that what you want, you know, and, and what are your goals? So, um, but experience has definitely taught me, um, you know, it, it's, uh, number one, it's better to have riders um, in your, your barn to teach them as much as it is the horses. So when I was training horses, um, my experience taught me that if I didn't involve the owners, it wasn't going to go well. You often hear people say, I don't think that person trained my horse or I don't know what they taught my horse. And the trainers get a bad reputation. So that was always in the back of my mind. I don't want anybody leaving my barn and not thinking that I did a good job. So I always sent videos and text messages and I wanted the owners to come at least once a week for a lesson so that they would be involved in the process and see the progress. Progress, you know, um, is important, but what's really important is that the owner can pick it up when they take them home. I would always be shocked when an owner said they picked up their horse from the trainer and they didn't get a move out lesson or the trainer wasn't even there. I was like, whoa, I can't even imagine because I certainly want you to be able to ride the horse the way that I rode the horse. Um, I want you to be able to keep it going. Otherwise, you just flush $900 down the toilet or more if that's what people might be charging more now because of the hay prices. But, you know, if you were charging that much a month, um, 
you got to keep it going because especially if it's a young horse, they don't just stay trained. You got to get them, get on them and keep it going. So if you're not dedicated, unless you plan to keep your horse in training full time and just go ride them um, and let the trainer keep them tuned up, you're going to have to learn with them. So, so number one, I felt like as experience, uh, I wanted the riders just as involved in the horse's training as I was. Uh, number two, um, clinics. Um, I would find that I could ride the horses better than they could. But what did that matter? What does it, does it matter if you can put a top rider on your horse and they can be 1D, but you're only 3D on your horse? The goal is to get you riding your horse as best as you can ride your horse. Um, you know, that's the main thing. So that's why over the years, I've I found um, it's been, I like my clinics better now because I feel like I spend more one-on-one -on -one with my clients and teaching them how to do it themselves. Because in a clinic, I only get so much time with them. And if I was riding the horses or I was having my assistants help them, I wasn't getting as much one-on-one -on -one with them. So now, having them ride their horses and me coaching them the whole time, I get way more one-on-one -on -one with them. And I feel like that's the main goal is to get it where they can do it with their horse. Um, and the third and probably the most important thing is I've realized that people learn the best by doing, not by watching. I used to ride a horse for two hours of every clinic in the morning and I would demonstrate. I could do the drill and then have someone do it and they would still do it wrong. So it didn't matter if I demonstrated or not, they were still going to do it wrong until they had a chance to do it. And the reason why I say that is the same with me. I had someone teach me um, how to change the oil on my four-wheeler and my lawnmower. And until I actually did it, it wasn't comfortable. In the very beginning, it took me an hour in tears. And now I can knock it out in, in 15 minutes because I'm good at it. I've practiced at it. So that's the same thing. If I watch you, it's not the same. But if I do it, it feel, I get to feel it. I get to see it. I get to, you know, it just sticks better. So that's really important too. So that's what experience has taught me over the, the last 20, 30 years. Um, those three really important things. The rider needs to be just as involved as the horse in the training. Um, the, the more I show you is not as good as the more you do it. And, um, and that that's how you learn the best is by doing. So it doesn't matter if I can do it with your horse, you've got to be able to do it with your horse. So so anyways, um, the next question was, um, do some, this one, did this uh, podcast had so many questions that I don't even have to do a topic, which is awesome. I'm just happy for all the questions this time. So the next question was, um, do some people just clash with certain horses, certain styles of horses? And yes, absolutely. Not all riders can ride all types of horses. Um, if you're a trainer, you don't have that luxury. You have to learn to be good on every style of horse, a free runner, a push horse, a hyper horse, a calm horse, uh, you know, a, you know, more firm horse, a dominant horse, a sensitive horse. Um, but you know, if you're a competitor and you don't have a trainer's mindset, um, and I had girls like that. I had two girls I think of now. One actually is a trainer now, but all the years I worked with them, one was a, a major competitor. Her brain, her mindset was competitor. She did college rodeo, but she wasn't the best horse trainer. 
And she wasn't, she didn't really understand the concepts that I would say that the other girl did. The other girl was savvy when it came to horse training and the other girl, but she wasn't as tough as a competitor. The other girl was amazing, tough competitor. She was in it to win it, you know, and and a lot of people don't take off the trainer cap and put on the competitor cap. They're not in it to win it. They're like, well, we're here to place or have a good run. Some people are in it to win it, and that's who you're competing against. So you have to have that mindset if you want to win it. You have to be in it to win it, and she did. So so, um, so I want to say that, too. If you're a competitor and you're not a trainer, um, you need to have that mindset. As a trainer, we have a really hard time taking off that training cap and putting on the in it to win it cap um, because we're always you know, thinking too much and schooling too much instead of just going for it. And then um, the competitor, if you know there's a certain style that fits you, you're not going to get along with a push horse if you love free runners. You're not going to get along with a free runner if you like push horses. So you are better off to just get the kind of horse that you like. For instance, if you have a horse that hits barrels if you look in, but you have another horse that you can look in and they'll wrap the barrel and never hit, that's not going to go well for you because you're so used to winning on the horse that wraps the barrels with you looking in that you, when you get on your other horse that needs you to ride centered and up in the hole, you are going to be frustrated and, and want to just scream. So, so yes, I had a friend uh, in Colorado that did pro rodeo. She ended up moving to Texas and rest in peace. Now she's passed away, but um, she would only ride one style of horse. And, um, and she wanted all the horses that she would compete on at a high level to be a certain style. Now she was a trainer. I'm not saying she didn't take courses in to train differently, but when we're talking 1D pro level, she wanted a certain style. That way she didn't have to change herself too much. Her timing could be a certain way. So yes, absolutely. Um, All right. So the next question is about coming back from a break. Okay. So that's a great question. Uh, I mentioned a little bit earlier in the podcast. Number one, Connect and bond with your horse. You can do that with your groundwork. And that groundwork will also slowly leg you and your horse back up, especially if you're doing 20 or 30 minutes of groundwork, you know, three days a week, like every other day. Um, And then maybe, you know, once you start doing your desensitizing, the left, right, front, back, yielding front end, back end, all that stuff with the saddle on, making sure they don't have any buck in them with the saddle at a walk trot canter. Um, then you can start getting back in the saddle and do a slow legging up. And that's when you want to, number two, check your basics. Are they face flexing left, right, and down? Can I do leg laterals, yield the hindquarters, yield the shoulder, uh, perfect circles at a walk, trot, canter, different speeds and sizes. Um, you know, just make sure everything's working good. Check your basics, your loose rein, whoa, your backing, your rollback, side passes, leads, you know, all of that stuff's important. Um, and then slowly get back to your drills um, and your slow barrels. And again, if your horse has been off for a long time, break it down. One month of groundwork or, or just walking straight lines or trotting straight lines. And then second month, adding some drills and circles and more trotting and loping. You know, and then third month, you know, more trotting and loping and maybe loping the barrels. Um, so the fourth thing would be um, to not go faster than the speed that they are confident on the barrels. So the third thing was slow barrels, and now you might be adding a little more speed, but stay at the speed that you both are confident. And then the fifth thing, after 90 days, 
of legging up, you should be ready to go to your first competition. So, um, you know, and whether you exhibition or not will depend on the horse. Um, whether you just cruise them through easy or go for it, again, will depend on you and your horse. So, but that would be my main um, thoughts for you there. So I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up there. Um, but I, I do want to say um, <clears throat> that I'm super proud of this team. Um, I'm, I, we're at my goal for my two year anniversary was to be at 150 members. We've had, I think, 180 or 190 people sign up. So I have met my goal of 150 people signing up. That many did not stay. I'm only at 121 that have stayed. But the ones that have left have left maybe because of a lame horse or financial things or, you know, whatever. Um, and some have left and come back and others are taking summer breaks. So, so I feel really good about it, though, where we're at. And the main thing is the 120 are there are there because it's a good fit. And that's what I want more than anything. The number is just a number to chase. But really what it is, is about synergy, about energy. Um, does it fit? You know, is it a good combination? And that should be how you go about everything in your life. Um, if, if being around someone gives you stress, that's not the right combination for you. Um, it should be positive energy, not toxic energy, whether that be your job or your life or your horse, you know, it needs to be a positive energy for everybody. And sometimes if you find that it's negative energy everywhere, we need to stop and look at ourselves in the mirror and say, maybe it's me, maybe my attitude is not as positive as it should be. So sometimes we have to really analyze, are we putting too much pressure on ourselves? Are we just not you know, in a happy place and figure out what it is that makes you happy. Because bottom line, as much as I'm coaching you, um, I want you to enjoy this. I want you to love it. And um, if you're not loving it, it's not gonna be fun. If it's not fun, you're not going to want to do it. So, so with every um, thing I do with you guys, uh, or video I critique, whether it's training or competition, I'm going to always encourage you first, I'm always going to try to give you some sort of constructive criticism or advice on a run and maybe suggest some drills or dry work. But ultimately, you know, I want to focus on the positives and um, and just keeping it fun because that's what it's all about. So thank you guys for tuning in. As always, ride with heart and God bless.